Today on the pod, we are talking about our better halves. The wife is vital to the health and the, the thriving of the church plant. The struggles that many church planting wives face. The fears that you have about change, mainly your children. What will become of your children? My kids were very small at the time. Sure. Um, just God is with you and wherever mm -hmm. he leads, follow him, obey him. And also the joy that comes from working in church plants. Getting to watch God move in, in people's lives. There's nothing like that. Real quick before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners, providing the business management and technology expertise your church needs. Find out more at auxilio.partners slash five points. Listening to the Five Points Church Planting Podcast, where two church planters try to make one good point. Today on the pod, we're talking to Christine Hoover. Christine is a church planting wife, mother, author, podcaster, and speaker. If you're a married church planter or know one, this episode is for you. So here we go. Our guest today on the Five Points Church Planting Podcast is Christine Hoover. She is an author. And she is also host her own podcast called By Faith. She and her husband helped start Charlottesville Community Church in Charlottesville, Virginia. We are thrilled to have her on board today. We're so thankful that she could join us. And we wanted to just get the perspective, Christine, today from the wife of a church planter and, and talking to church planters over the years. Um, I can't think of a more important topic in terms of planting a church together as a family and the difficulties that husbands and wives often face. Yes. I'm so thankful you asked me to be on. And I agree with you that the, uh, the wives and, and the children, unfortunately, often get a little bit overlooked in all of the preparation, the materials and resources, but the wife is vital to the health and the, the thriving of the church plant. And so I think, you know, I'm, I've written a book, as you know, uh, for church planting wise, but I, we need more, we need more resources. And so I'm thankful for you having me on today. I'm excited to get to talk. We're going to get a little bit into your journey and who you are. And, and I would love to hear about planting uh, your church in Virginia, but let's start with uh, the book that you wrote, uh, Church Planting Wife. Our audience is mostly church planters. And um, I would love to recommend the book to them and to their wives. And um, and for any church planning wives that are listening to this, um, we would just love to hear what led you to write this important work. Sure. Well, I'll, we'll, I guess, talk more about my church planting journey later. But whenever we started praying about church planting, uh, my husband and I attended a conference. We he picked up a lot of resources and I started looking, I'm a huge reader. So I started looking for resources for myself because I really didn't know what church planting entailed. I kind of had an idea in my mind, but I didn't know for sure what was expected of me. What was this going to be like? And I couldn't find anything for me. So I read what my husband picked up and it was all directed toward the planter himself and the things that he, he was going to do. It really didn't you know, it was good for me to learn. And I wanted to sure. know what was expected and what he was going to be doing. But I, I went in completely blind. I didn't have 
really anything to go on. And so once I got started, once we started planting a few years in, I just realized there is such a need for just simply encouragement for church planning wise, but also help. We need help to know Mm -hmm. how to approach this because we generally have, even though we all serve in different contexts, different denominations, we generally have similar experiences. And so I just, you know, I love, that's one of my passions is encouraging pastors lives. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to write the resource that I didn't have. Often when I talk to church planters, you, you hear language in terms of the Lord called me to plant, or I am doing this, or I am planting this church. And, you know, I'm very hesitant to correct anyone, but in, in reality, the Lord calls the family to plant the church. And that involves the husband and the wife and, and the children, if they have children. Um, so you guys were called to plant a church. Tell us about that journey. Sure. Well, we were living in Texas. That's where I grew up. My husband grew up. We were serving. I say we, as -hmm. you just described, it wasn't my job, but my husband was on staff at a church there, a large church. And he was tasked with considering how could the church become a sending church to plant Mm -hmm. a church. So he started doing research on that and through conversations that had been happening with other people around us, where people who had planted churches were coming to him very randomly and saying, have you ever considered planting a church? This could be a really good fit for you. And that's, I didn't even really honestly know what church planting was at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. This was 14, 15 years ago. And so through that process, God made it clear that we were the ones that were to go from the church to plant. And that began a long prayerful process of trying to determine where we were to go and, uh, talking with people, getting resources, all the things I mentioned before. And through that, through, I would say about six to nine months of prayer, God directed our hearts and attention toward Charlottesville, Virginia, which I didn't, to be honest, know existed. (laughs) Right before. Uh, so it's very uh, not random in God's economy, but to me, it was very random. So we ended up here. I mean, from start to finish, when we really knew God was moving us on and we were the ones to go, it was about a year long process. Mm-hmm. A year later, we moved in Charlottesville and started a, a church. We started a Bible study first in our home. Right. Yeah. And from there it grew. So that was 13 years ago this summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're still, we're still alive and kicking. Yeah, we're still we, hanging in there. Yeah, we survived, but that's, yeah. that's the, the general quick version sure. of that story. Right. What was Christine, what was the moment in your life? It, it, excuse me, not in your life, but in, in the calling to go plant, what did the Lord do that made it clear to you that this is, this is what our family is being called to do? Ironically, it was through a sermon that my husband gave Hmm. where he talked about Joshua and Caleb going in to spy out the land, coming back and telling the Israelites, we should go. God's with us. Let's go. Let's Mm -hmm. take the land. And they were fearful and they didn't want to go. Right. He preached on that passage and at that point, we felt pretty unsettled, uh, not unsettled in a bad way, but we knew God was moving as I call it a holy discontent. We knew that something was coming, change was coming. Mm -hmm. And it was through that sermon that 
God spoke to me and just said, the fears that you have about change, mainly your children, what will become of your children? My kids were very small at the time. Sure. Um, just God is with you and wherever mm-hmm. he leads, follow him, obey him. And that was before we knew where we were going. Um, but that was the point where I knew God was saying, I'm going to move you somewhere. I'm going to change something. And it was very, very clear to me so that when he became more specific about the place, I was ready to say yes, if that makes sense. I don't know what the statistical research is, but you guys have outlasted um, how long most church planters stay at the church that they, that they begin. So you've, you've experienced the long-term, you've also experienced the short-term. Yeah. And so you, you, you've written a book about church planting wives and you talk to church planting wives in conferences and through your podcast. What do you think are the biggest struggles for those that are in the short term versus those that are in the long term? That's a great question because it is different. It does change the short term. I think if you were to gather church planners, wives in a room, we would have very similar short term struggles and one of those is just fear, fear of at the beginning, fear of the unknown. What's, as I just described, what's going to happen to my children. If mm-hmm. we're moving them into a context, that's very different from where we grew up. It can be, it can be scary. Right. How will, how will this go for our children? Also fear about financial security. I would say for me, the biggest short-term struggle was that I was so unsure of what I was supposed to do in the yeah. church plant. What, what right. is my role? Because Mm -hmm. my husband's role is very short. Like if we put all the church planners in a room, they have very similar job descriptions. They're going to preach the word. They're going to evangelize. But for the wives, it's very relative to their personality and to their giftings and to their family context. Mm -hmm. So I, that was short term. The biggest struggle for me was figuring out how do I, how does God want me to play a role in this? Mm -hmm. And, and of course, also in that is just a fear of, in, of being inadequate for the task that God is calling you to. It yeah. just feels so overwhelming. Right. So I think short-term is, is fear, but long-term, I've been very surprised at the struggles that have come. I think I thought that we would reach a certain, we would cross a certain line and then everything would kind of settle in and we would be an established church. And the, some of that, some of those initial struggles would go away, but I would say, this isn't very encouraging, but I would say <laughs> it's increased because yeah. the church is, it's a more complex creature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the long-term struggles, I think, um, <clears throat> can be, I don't think this has to be, but there is a threat there of a lack of separation between church and family life. Sure. That for the wife can lead to, and for the husband too, but can lead to emotional and spiritual and physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I think about year five, I hit this because yeah. we had started a pace and really church planting requires a pace that can be very difficult to kind of shift down again. Right. Like yeah. you think about you're revving that engine so hard for so sure. long that it can be difficult to set back once you have established the church. I think that is a, for me, that was a huge struggle of knowing how to do that because I was so involved in everything. Mm -hmm. It was difficult for me to step out and to kind of, again, know, okay, now what is my role? Because 
things have changed and they're constantly changing. And so there can be feelings of loss or feeling unsettled for many years, Mm -hmm. trying to kind of figure out the Mm -hmm. role. You're, you're preaching the gospel because um, I think if my wife were on this podcast, we, you know, we left the first church plant that we did after 10 years. And when you said spiritual, mental, mental, and physical exhaustion, that was us. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went, we went into, a, I went into a role as helping a church planning network that was just not as stressful and strenuous as church planting. And mm-hmm. we didn't even realize yeah. how exhausted we were. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes normal. You, you develop a new normal that you forget I remember telling my husband, I think we've forgotten what normal is because mm. we've been living at this pace for so long. You don't even know how to go back to any sort of, I would say it took us a while to figure out where our boundaries needed to be. My brother is um, not in the ministry. He's a business leader. And I remember one time almost towards the end, he pulled me aside and he said, you just work at an incredible pace. And he said, I just want you to know that it's not like this in many cases in the business world. Like you're, you're outworking many of the people in, in life that I know. And that was on some level, a wake up call for, for me as a church planter. Um, So if you are thinking about planting and you are, in the short-term aspect of planting, Christine, what would you say to those church planters and their wives in terms of the future? What, what safeguards would you say they need to put in place? What do they need to be thinking about? I am so glad you're asking that question. I think that's a very important question to, for a husband and wife to communicate about regularly because it changes from year to year. But there are some things that should not change and that should be in your life. And this is where my husband and I came up to this exhaustion point year five, Mm -hmm. that we, we had to put some things into place that we hadn't. One of those was a Sabbath rest. Mm. We were not, we were not uh, protecting a day a week where we weren't on our phones. We weren't, you know, meeting with somebody. We weren't talking about church. Mm -hmm. And so we had to, it almost, it felt uncomfortable to put that into place, but that has, I would say has saved our longevity in ministry that Mm. we now, that is, it is no question that we will have that day each week. That is a huge one. I think uh, also just for, I would say, especially for the husband to think about how can I separate provide separation for my wife from the church? Am I always talking about it? And and sometimes it's the wife who's bringing it up a lot and is Mm -hmm. wanting to talk about it, but how can there be, I like to think of it as two circles. There's a ministry circle and there's a marriage circle, and those should not fully overlap. Are they going to overlap some? Yes, they are. And that's good. And that's right. We want to serve together and use our marriage as as a launching pad for the gospel. But We also need some separation to where the relationship isn't solely built around the church, where the church becomes the center. Mm. We want Christ to be the center and we want uh, us to be able to enjoy together a relationship that is not 
only about the church. And so, you know, conversation, uh, time, building those things in to where you have even other things to talk about. And I think that's another thing my husband and I realized is we needed to, we need to have friends <laughs> to have hobbies. Right. We, we needed to have something to talk about besides the church. So we were not healthy people. We were all about one thing mm-hmm. and we needed to become about, uh, be what a whole, a whole and healthy person is to have mm. relationships and interests outside of the church. And it really helped us to thrive more in ministry when we put those things into place. Yeah, absolutely. We, Christine, we had <clears throat> in our first plant, we had two families that um, befriended us and just poured into us that did not go to our church. That's and, great. And, and we wouldn't even let them visit. Like you can't even visit. <laughs> like you can't even come to a worship service because we needed we needed those relationships yeah. outside of Madison Heights <clears throat> to help us. And, and they were instrumental in keeping us sane um, through that journey. So you've planted and even in spiritually healthy churches, there are times of difficulty. There are times of challenge, even the best of churches, the best of church plans. How did the gospel walk you through those difficult days in planting uh, alongside your husband, this church? I love that question because I specifically remember a point, it was probably year or two of church planning. And I thought, how do I get out of here? I want, I want out of here, not my marriage, but I want out of Charlottesville. I want to go home and I don't want to do this anymore. And I realized, I said to myself, what is holding me here? And obviously my husband and my marriage, but, Mm -hmm. but, but the one thing that is holding me here is the gospel. It is Mm -hmm. Jesus. It is. He has brought me to this place and to these people. So my relationship with him is everything and his gospel is everything. So I can keep going. And there's been specific ways I, you know, that's come into play. One is just, I think all church planners and wives feel so much pressure to perform mm-hmm. and to prove mm-hmm. themselves in church planting, especially when you know you have a three-year deadline and you got to be self-sustaining at that point. And I remember our sending church would send teams to come to come to us and help us serve for a week. And wow. I remember feeling such pressure when they came sure. to show results. Like, look at what we've done. Look, go back and you know, it was I, I wanted people to be impressed you know, even visitors, I want them to be impressed enough that they're going to stay. And I want to be able to say all the right things to, to, to keep them. And, and so I, I think it's this pressure that we feel to prove ourselves. At least I have felt that I'm a natural achiever. And so this is a particular struggle for me and church planting was the specific tool of sanctification that God used to show me mm. the, the extent of the gospel in my life. And what I mean by that is how impotent I am in spiritual things that mm-hmm. without his spirit working in me, I can, I can do nothing. It is not about me and it is not based upon me. And so the particular verse that I, I still go back to is in first Corinthians three, where Paul says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So yeah. neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a reminder to me of Okay. The gospel says 
God is the actor and I am the receiver. And it's the same in ministry that he's the actor and he can use me, but I have nothing to prove. I'm accepted by God, not on how I perform, mm-hmm. but by, by grace through faith in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to explain to people who have never planted or been a part of a church plant how sometimes poorly your identity is wrapped up in the success of the church plant. Oh. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, I know many, many pastors of established churches and they have stresses and they have strains and they have problems and issues and difficulties, but the church is more than likely going to be okay if they move on to another church or they step down and go to an, another ministry position. And it's, they just don't sometimes grasp how, it's a sinful temptation for planters to think that this all rests on my shoulders. Yes, absolutely. And I think the wives can join in some of that too, that we feel some of the same. Or oh, we, want, sure. we want our husband to be successful because we love him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we can sometimes play into that too. Yeah. Well, my wife joked one time, she said, you know, it, I'm involved in this in terms of our family has been called to do this, but I have spent so much emotional energy and time that I wanted to succeed for my own purposes beyond just, I want my husband to do well. And we've both had those conversations about how easily you can fall into Satan's trap of this is about you. This is about your family. This is make going to make you look good if it succeeds. And, and it's just, you just have to, keep pointing away from yourself and pointing to Christ time yes. and time again. So we, we, we've talked about the challenges. And so we don't want to scare people away <laughs> from church planning and church multiplication. We don't want them to run uh, away from it. What are some of the things that have been rewarding to you in this journey? That's good. I'm glad you brought that up because there are <laughs> a lot of joys in it. A lot of joys. I, what comes to mind first is just that it is something that the family can be involved in. And I, my kids have grown up in this church. My Mm, oldest is about to graduate high school and they have, because our home has been the base of operations for everything. um, Meaning, you know, we started in our home and we have people in our home and missionaries in our home. They have been a part of everything from Mm -hmm. the ground up. And I love that for them, that Mm -hmm. they have seen church and community and God move at such a a core level. So I love that. I love that we can be involved together as a family. And I think, of course, one of the joys is seeing God move in people's lives and realizing there's sometimes where my husband and I will say to each other, God brought us here for people like this. Mm. He brought us here for this situation or this. And sometimes it's in our own lives. He brought us here because he needed to do something in us, but getting to watch God move in, in people's lives, there's nothing like that. And sometimes when you're in it, in you're you're deep in the weeds of everything. You can't really even see or grasp the goodness but sometimes pulling out, just leaving town, the, the weight kind of comes off and the, the 30,000 foot view, I can look back over 
13 years and I can Mm -hmm. think about specific people and specific situations and how God has been good to us and faithful to us. And it's just, has there been, have there been hard things? Yes. But it feels like it's the good so far outweighs the difficulty when I can look back over time and see God's faithfulness. I don't think before we did church planting that I really knew what it meant to walk by faith. I was a Christian, but I had Mm -hmm. never been challenged so deeply to trust him. And so I, I just feel like one of the greatest perks of church planting is the way we get to know God and the way he moves. Yeah. 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 I have a, Christine, I have a mentor in ministry, particularly in church planting. He passed away a few um, weeks ago. He, he said to me one time, this is, this is probably theologically incorrect, but I'm going to say it anyway, that when you plant, you experience God in a way in which is up close and personal and can't be understood apart from church planting. And, and I'm sure missionaries could say that, you know, the same, the same thing um, probably is theologically incorrect. I don't think the Holy Spirit chooses, um, you know, certain ministry positions over others, but there is a way in which in planting, you just feel the presence of God and you see him work in, in ways that sometimes can be more difficult to see, perhaps. Um, yeah. That's one of the things that I think we've experienced. Yeah. Um, so another question for you, you're a, you're a church planning wife, you're a mother, and you just talked about your kids, and we've had the similar experiences. What advice would you give to the wives that are listening regarding their children and church planting? Well, I remember that sermon I talked about with my husband preached out of Joshua, and whenever Joshua and Caleb came back, and he they said to the people, let's go, let's take it, take the land. God's with us. One of the things that the people brought up about why they shouldn't go was their kids. Mm. And that has always been a huge uh, passage. I've gone back. It's been very significant for me. In fact, my husband and I were just talking about it yesterday, reminding ourselves that wherever God calls us, he is going to provide for our children as well. And it may be through adversity mm-hmm. that our, we grow through adversity. That's sure. what scripture says over and over. And so our children, are they going to face challenges and adversity in church planting? Yes, they will. But God has a plan for them just as he has a plan for, for the wife and for the planter himself. And so we should never, we should never let our fear for our children hinder yeah. us from obedience to God. Yeah, that's a good word. It, Christine, when we planted the first time, we didn't have children. <clears throat> and so the second time I had a <clears throat> 12-year-old daughter when we made the decision to go plant, when I have a younger son, now she's 14. I was very concerned about how, what this would do to her. Yeah. And realizing that as we formed our core group, there was no one her age. Yes. And a, a wise older church planter told me, plug her into the ministry of the church and let her own it. Yeah. And so she is, she's 14, she's in middle school. She teaches the three and four-year-old Sunday school class. And she is helps with the children's ministry 
And we don't have a youth ministry to plug her into. Yeah. But she sees church as essential to the DNA of family and that this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And I have, it's been amazing how God has used this as a lesson to tell me, A, you don't know what you're doing. And B, you need to trust in me because I know best. And again, we don't have all the bells and whistles for youth, but I have no question that her little soul is being formed in a very special way by being a part of this church plant. And that just echoes what you said. Yeah, I I love that. And that's very similar to the experience that we've had. And so I, I would add that one of the struggles I had in the beginning was realizing this is going to be really different for my kids. Our church is going to be really different for our kids than what I had mm-hmm. and what I envisioned that my kids mm. would have. Yeah. And so embracing that idea, it, there's a little bit of grief in that, a loss of mm-hmm. my kids not going to have this huge youth group with all of these, you know, awesome things. Yeah. But where are the opportunities? And you just described one. My kids can get involved in ways they couldn't at right. potentially at another church that sure. We, so yeah. there's a lot of gifts. There are a lot of right. gifts and good in it, but mm-hmm. you have to learn how to see it differently as what is what you described. Absolutely. Listen, I tell people all the time, you've never done church until you see six, seven, and eight-year-olds drag chairs across the gym floor. <laughs> That, it's true. That, that, I, I mean, it. it's it's wonderful. We have a we have this backdrop that um, that Reed's son helps set up every Sunday, and it's just you know I remember growing up in the church, being six, seven, eight, nine years old, not allowed to touch anything, <laughs> and you know, yeah. don't come near this. And we have we have fourth graders helping set up our 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 worship service. I love it. It's ownership. It's ownership. That's right. That's right. So Christine, how can church planning wives who are listening to this, how can they, um, I know how they can find your book. That's very simple, but how do they find your podcast? Well, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find me. It's called by faith once again, or you can find everything books, podcasts on my website, which is christinehoover.net. That's fantastic. So how can we be praying for you? Well, we, uh, I said, like I said, our church is 13 years old. Mm -hmm. We don't have a building yet. And so we're still meeting in a school or we were before COVID hit. God bless you. (laughs) So thankfully a local church has allowed us to meet there in the evenings, Mm -hmm. but we are very uncertain about what's going to happen come the fall. Mm-hmm. So we could just use prayer that the Lord would provide uh, direction. We, I think our elders are really considering, you know, it's time to, to move toward a more permanent space where Charlottesville is a very expensive city. Yeah. Uh, it's there are, it's pretty landlocked and there's not a lot of spaces that we could take on. So we're just praying and trusting the Lord that he's going to provide for us in that, in that way. So if anybody listening wants to pray for us in that, we would, we would really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Listen, we appreciate you joining us. This was excellent. Hope that uh, many of you will take the time to check out the resources that God has equipped her to provide to the kingdom. And we're so thankful you could join us. Thanks for having me. 
that's the last word for now. Thanks to Christine for joining us today. Thanks to Auxilio for sponsoring this episode. Thanks to my wife, Lindsay, and all the church planning wives out there for helping support the work of the church. And thanks to you for listening. As always, you can reach us with comments or questions on Twitter and Facebook at Five Points Planting or at our new email address, reformedplanting at gmail.com. See y'all next time. Five Points Church Planting is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters.